All right. Turn that with me to John chapter 14. So tonight we are still on the one-sided nature of forgiveness. And um, we're going to look at ourselves. And if time permits, I'll talk a little bit about what I call the response of love. If not, I'll probably pick it up next time. Because the response of love, you know, then makes it. Anyway, let me not go there because I'm going to have questions. No, until you get there. All right, so we read there from John chapter 14. Read there from verse. Uh, um, from verse 21. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. He who loves me is the one who keeps my commands. You know, he who loves me obeys me and because he obeys me, I manifest myself to him. Hallelujah. Because when the Lord manifests himself to you, he manifests his goodness and mercy. He manifests his grace. He manifests, I mean, in in in, in a way that more than you can, you can even expect. He said, when you love me, you obey me. Or when you obey me, it means you love me and I manifest myself. I assure you my glory. In other words, I reveal to you who what I am. Pardon? What verse are you reading? I'm reading John 14, verse 20. I'm just verse 1. Okay. Verse, uh, verse 21, not, not 20, please. 21. He said, I'll manifest myself to you. I, okay, so you love me. You do what I'm telling you. I tell you, forgive. I manifest myself in terms of healing you. I manifest myself in terms of meeting your need. That which was prevented because you had not been walking in obedience. He said, you love me. I'll do what? Manifest myself. And look at verse uh, 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my 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 and uh, uh, my word over my teaching and my father will will what love him and will come to him and make our home about our special dwelling place with him. So loving, obeying God is actually a demonstration of your love. You can't say you love God and you don't obey him. It doesn't work that way. God says, do this. You say, well, I love God, but I'm not, but I haven't been doing this. No, you're just walking. You're not, you're not showing that you love him. He said, if you love me, show it by obedience. Your obedience shows that you love me. Amen. He said, your obedience does what shows that you love me. 
Look at John 13 verse, verse, verse 34. I give you a new commandment that you should love one another just I have, as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. So today we're looking at the one side nature of forgiveness as it pertains to us, as it pertains to us believers. Okay? That's what we're looking at. All right. So now let's go to Ephesians chapter 15. Sorry, Ephesians, not 15. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. So I'm just trying to lay some foundations here as we move on. Amen. So Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy his example, copy him and follow his example. As well, beloved children, do what imitate their father and walk in love. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A slain offering, a sacrifice to God for, for, for us. A sweet fragrance. So now, you know, he's telling us here to imitate the father. We see that the father you know, choose to forgive us ahead of time. As we we, 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 we noted in a foundation scripture of Isaiah 43, verse 25. So we see here that we are commanded to obey the Father. We are commanded to imitate him. And Jesus said that to love him is to obey him. So we can't say we love God and we choose what part we obey and what part we don't. Amen? Now, if we go back there to Matthew chapter 6 because we have to get this. Um, in Matthew chapter 6, again, where Jesus was teaching on prayer, and we see there in verse 14, Matthew 6, it says, For if you forgive people their trespasses, their reckless and their reckless uh, 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 and, and willful sins, leaving them, letting them go, and giving up resentment, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, leaving them, letting them go, and giving up resentment, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Now it says, for if you forgive people their trespasses, their willful sins, leaving them, letting them go. To forgive is to let go of the offense and give up resentment. He said, Heavenly Father will also forgive. Forgive us. Now, this is important because if you go back there to, if you go not back, you go forward to Mark 11, to Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11. And we see that when Jesus was teaching on prayer, in fact, we start from verse, uh, when he caused the victory and telling us that we should have the faith of God in, from verse 22. 23 tells us, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up, be thrown up into the sea, and does not doubt in 
at all in our hearts, but believe that what we say is that which we say becomes or come to pass. Verse 24, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe what that it is granted you and you will get it. Believe that it is granted you and you will get it. Amen. Now, he said that, and we most times stop at verse 24. And he's talking about prayer. In fact, verse 23, he's talking about speaking. And in praying, you put out, put forward words. In speaking, you, you put forward words. So in God's economy, speaking and praying carry the same, the same, the same connotation. That's why we have to be careful what we say, so that we say the things that want to bless us, not things that, that will bring bring a curse on ourselves. All right. And then verse 25 says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And we said, if you go to the study of the Greek, this, the mood here is imperative, is a, is a command. It's saying, look, I command you to forgive. It's not whether you feel like it, or you think you should, maybe you shouldn't. It didn't say if somebody wronged you, whatever time, and you know, when you couldn't help yourself, so now you now have enough power to, to now stand against that person. No, it didn't say all that. He just said, Do what? Forgive. Why? Because if you think about all that he took for us at Calvary, you realize. We have ours hasn't even come close to that. Nor will, ever, nor will it ever come close to that. But he did it for our benefit. He said, forgive. He made no other conditions about it. He just told you, forgive. He told us, here, forgive. He's telling us now, forgive. Why? Because you don't want, why would you want to sacrifice your blessing, you know, for Satan? To just stand and laugh at you. Whereas Satan who doesn't want you to go forward, he wants you to stay put at the same spot. And you know, 10 years after you're still in the same spot because the offense that happened 20 years ago or whatever time, you wouldn't let go. You nurse the offense, uh, offense grew up with you, and 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 now the offense has, has become a monster. Because the unforgiving spirit comes in. And now you're even worse than before. God does not want us to carry that. Amen. Unforgiveness is a destroyer because of a devil. You know, some time ago we had read John 14, verse 30, where Jesus said, The prince of the world comes. In fact, in Greek, is present continuous. And uh, the present tense in Greek is present continuous. In other words, it keeps coming. Why? He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for when we can sleep up, for him to sleep in and, and create havoc the moment you give him the space. But Amplifier says he has no claim on me, he has no power over me, and there's nothing of his in me. So if he, if he has no claim, that means I have nothing, that he had. there's nothing in Christ that belongs to the devil. Unforgiveness belongs to the devil 
So he will come for it. And when he comes for it, he brings with him what? Sometimes, you know, you know, fear, anxiety, depression, whatever, whatever he has to, to hit you with, that he knows he will hit you hard. So, because when you carry unforgiveness, you are in a perpetual state of fright. Fright, fear comes in. Your cortisol level, you know, chemicals in the brain that is for fright, and 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 flight stays up. When it stays up, your blood pressure stays up. When it stays up, your heart rate stays up. Guess what? You're in for trouble. When it stays for a long time, it can cause heart failure. It can cause stroke. Of course, it repairs the immune system. It leads to anxiety. It sometimes post-traumatic, uh, you know, stress disease because the event has been nursed over the years. It's been nursed over the years. Of course, in science we have a name, and then they put you on something, and then you find that nothing is happening. But the day you say, you know what, I've had enough of this. The baggage is not what I can carry. My life is not meant for this. And so, Lord, I repent for carrying forgiveness. Have mercy on me. I let go. I let go. I forgive the person. Lord, forgive me for carrying the hurt all these years. Because it will prevent you from moving forward. Luke's Gospel 17. Luke's Gospel 17. Let's go to 17. You know, children have rebelled because of unforgiveness, but I, I was running ahead of myself. And they think that they're doing it against the, their parents or whatever, but they're doing it against themselves. You know, Jesus, let's go to 17. We read it from verse 1. He says, he says here, he says, he tells us clearly, he said to his disciples, he's saying to us, temptations, snares, traps, set to entice of sin are sure to come. But woe to him through whom they come. Amen. He said they are sure to come. So we can, in as much as we are on this earth, they are sure to come. Relations will provoke you to anger. People you care about, they do things that you ask yourself, why do they do it? But just know that while we are on this earth, we are human. And Satan is on this earth. And even the, the best of people can trip up. And God says, you got to give you have enough grace to accommodate that. Uh, do I have it made? No, I am I'm working on it. Okay. I have to Amen. leave what I, I have to leave what I'm preaching. Because it sets one free. You don't know how many blessings you're holding up because you choose not to forgive. Okay, verse 2. He said it would be more profitable for him, you know, as a person that, 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 that causes offense. If a millstone were hung around his neck and he, and he were hurled into the sea, then that he should come to, he should cause to sin or be a snare to the one, to one of these little ones. Verse 3, pay attention and always be on your guard, looking out for one another. If your brother sins again, miss the mark, suddenly tell him and, and so tell him so and reprove him. 
And if he repents, feel sorry uh, for having sinned, forgive him. And even if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, I'm sorry, you must forgive him. Did you hear that? He said what? You must forgive him. He didn't say, you may forgive him. I know in law, may is, is must, but we're not talking law here. This is plain English. He said, you must forgive him. We must forgive the person. And here is what helped me many years ago when the Lord began to teach me on this. Amplifier says, you must, if he says, he repents, I'm sorry, he says, you must forgive him. Give up resentment. That's what forgive means here. And consider the offense, what recall and all. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. This is where people say that you can pray for faith to be increased. No, you cannot pray for faith to be increased. Because if you read that verse and stop there, then you miss the whole point. Jesus did not tell them, okay, now I'm going to increase your faith. Verse 6. And the Lord answered, if you have faith, if you had faith, if you had faith, if you had faith, even so small like a mustard seed, you would say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted the sea, and it will obey you. He said, listen, you have enough faith to get that obstacle out of the way. Unforgiveness is an obstacle. Unforgiveness is a stumbling block. You see, the mulberry tree was in the path that they were going, and so he said, if this mulberry tree is going to stop, you're going to get it out of the way. In other words, you're going on a journey, you're going on your trajectory, on a, on a road to your destiny that God has ordained for you, and then there's this offense that showed up, and he says, you have a right to open your mouth and say, I forgive. That thing gets out of the way, and then you keep, you keep moving forward. But if you don't forgive, you are stuck. At that point, you have stopped your journey forward. At that point, you have now gotten yourself stuck. No matter, it depends on whatever the event was, you are now stuck. Some, some even carried for years, you're stuck there, and you're not moving, living in the present. Why would you want to mortgage your present and your future to something that happened years ago and a friend that doesn't even remember, but you're carrying it? You nurse it so that thing grows with you and you wonder why things are not working. Things are not working because you won't obey God. I said, things are not working. He said, I want you to forgive. He said, you know, we read there where he says, listen, if you love me, obey my commands. He said, those who love me, I do obey my commands. So he says, love one another. He says, forgive. He said, you must forgive. Now, he says seven times, what if they don't come back and tell you they're sorry? Because in Matthew, he said, in Matthew 18, he says 70 times seven. And Peter said, wow, this is, this is not easy. But then he goes to tell the parable in Matthew 18 and says, listen, you know, the 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 the, uh, the the landlord or the uh, the master, you know, was taking account, and the one that owed him one million, which he forgave, he begged him to forgive, forgive, and now he goes out there, sees another one owing him twenty dollars. He said, now, you know, I like the King James, pay me what you owe, pay me what that owes. I like that, pay pay me what that owes. Otherwise, I, you know, and I'm going to put you in jail. 
So he says, I forgive you all that you were destined to hell. Now I gave you, I gave you life. You turn around and say, well, you know, for this, this minor thing, now I'm going to have to make sure that I consign you to, 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 to jail and never come out. That's why he says, listen, he'll turn you over to the tormentors. How? God withdraws his hand of protection from you. And guess what? The tormentors, the jealous, those demons are tormenting you until you do your duty. What's your duty? They want you to study it out. It means, you know, that you, you, they, 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 they torture you until your duty of walking in love. You, until you do your duty of choosing to forgive. Because when you do, Satan cannot hold you back. That deliverance comes, wholeness comes, blessings come. Amen. Think about this. Why would you allow your life to be controlled by somebody? And guess what? The person doesn't even know that he's controlling your life. <laughs> this is funny. He doesn't even know he's controlling because the person has moved on. You are still stuck over there. You know, 20 years you asked the person, say, I don't remember. He said, Why wouldn't you remember? No. My people say that the person that poops don't remember, but the person that picks up the poop on the beach is the one that remembers. Look at my friend Solomon, Proverbs 19. Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 19.11. He says, good sense makes a man restrain his anger. And it is his glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. Good sense makes a man do what? Overlook an offense. He says, to restrain his anger, it is his glory to overlook an offense. Well, the thing is that if you don't restrain your anger, you're not going to be able to overlook an offense. <laughs> Some will say, I'm going to tell them a piece of my mind. <laughs> Please don't do, because a piece of your mind might not be something that when, when those words come out, you can, you, can, you can take back. Words hurt. Words can build. Words can destroy. And words that come out of, a, an, uh, of an angry person, sometimes, you know, it's not something that people want to want to listen to. It's not something that you yourself want to listen to when you now come to your senses, because you've blown up the dynamite everywhere. You know, the whole place is 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 is, is you know, is all is all messed up with ashes of of, of destroyed property. Of destroyed lives because of, of, of anger. No, you don't want that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Contemporary English version says this. It is it's it, it is wise to be patient and show that you are you are like and show what you are like by forgiving others. It is wise to be patient and show what you are like by forgiving others. Hallelujah. The Living Bible says, A wise man restrains his anger and overlooks insult. This is to his credit. A wise man restrains his anger and overlooks insult. This 
is to his credit. I like that. Hallelujah. You see, <clears throat> entertain offense. It builds up resentment. Resentment leads to hatred. Hatred eventually results in murder. Entertain offense will cause children to rebel against their parents. Absalom, you know the story of Absalom. Absalom returned offense against his father because of what Amnon, his brother, did. By raping his sister. Because the father didn't, didn't punish, even though he was you know, angry, he didn't punish you know, um, Amnon. What did Absalom do? He rebelled against the father. How did that rebellion end? It wasn't good. That rebellion ended up costing his life because he thought he had a point to make. The best point we can make when we are offended is to forgive. The best point we can make when we are offended is to forgive. The best point we can make when we are offended is to forgive. Hallelujah. That's the best point we can make. That just strips the enemy of his power. Look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, you know, you don't want to get to a place where you learn it, you learn it the hard way. The Lord said, no, you got to have to deal with this. You already suffer a little bit. And of course, if you're paying attention, it will tell you. Hallelujah. Now, we read that from Romans chapter 12. We read that from verse... Uh, um, And verse 12, rejoice and exalt in hope, be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation, be constant in prayer. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessities of the saints, pursue the practice of hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitude to you, bless and do not curse them. Verse 14, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty. Snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, or readily, but readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own counsels. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought of what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not repair evil for evil, but take thought of what is best and honest and proper. What is honest and proper 
and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's right, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you heap coals of, but heap burning coals upon his head. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. That's a whole lot in there. God is saying, as much as it depends on us, we have to live at peace with everyone. He said, don't avenge yourself. Now, when you see vengeance is mine, you know, he's not talking about retribution. He's talking about justice. He is a God of justice. When you hear God's vengeance, he's talking about justice, not retribution. God's vengeance, if you check it out, is talking here about justice, not retribution. Man will try to avenge himself will be retribution. And if you try to do that, you find that you're going to go past what you think the offense deserves. Because Newton's third law of motion does not apply to human beings. Okay, Newton's third law says action and reaction are equal and opposite. That's, he was talking about movement of bodies, you know, metals and stuff like that. He wasn't talking about human beings. Because somebody hit you, you want to hit him back, or you want to check, check boxing. I like to watch boxing. You know, some, a, a boxer hits the other one, he goes, well, guess what, the other one want to come back and pay him back big time. So he never, he's never one-to-one. -one. God is a God of justice. He will take care of business. Our job is to forgive. And you see, he says, when, you're, when, when an enemy is hungry, do what? Feed him. Now, this cause of fire is not saying that they're going to, he's going to burn cause of fire. I man, person burn and burn, and then he say, I have to run. <laughs> no. He said, you allow him to, 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 that is like having to get, um, put uh, this thing, uh, 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 a metal, an ore, in fire to refine and purify so that the real metal comes out. So God is saying, you know, when you do that, you actually allow me to walk, to work, not walk, to work in the life of the individual. Amen. Because I've been in a position where, you know, I forgive somebody comes, you know, next day he hurts me again. And the Lord said, I want to forgive because tomorrow I'm going to ask you to help him. Okay? So I have to do. Why? Because I don't want to be in a position where God wants me to use, use me to be a blessing to somebody. And I find that I'm flat-footed. And by so doing, I disobey God, lose my blessing because everything God tells us to do is a blessing on the other side. Now, let's in, in closing, let's look at Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Now, you know, this is this is this is Stephen when uh, he was about to be they were turning him to death.
and uh, he was preaching to those, you know, Paul, Saul then, later Paul, and the rest of them. And uh, and he was quoting all the way from Moses all the way up to Christ and all. And the people got upset. From verse 53 says, For you receive, you who received the law as it was ordained and set in order and delivered by angels, and you received the law as it was ordained and set in order and delivered by, uh, and delivered by angels, and yet you did not obey it. Now you're hearing these things because you were witnessing to them. They, the Jews, were caught to the heart and infuriated, and they ground their teeth against Stephen. 55. But he, full of the Holy Spirit and controlled by him, gazed into heaven and saw the glory, the splendor majesty of, of God and Jesus standing at God's right hand. All right. We always hear about Jesus sitting down, but here, a saint of God, God opened, you know, Jesus stood for this, bro for this brother. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at God's right hand. But they raised a great shout and put their hands over their ears and rushed together upon him. Did you see that? The enemy says, stuff your ears, plug your ears so you don't hear him preach because I want to get you destroyed by you going against him. You see what the devil can do? They plug that, they, they close their ears. You don't want to hear all this preaching because, you know, they said to themselves, we are here to destroy this man. Then they dragged him out in the, of the city and began to stone him. And the witness placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. What? Saul was keeping the garments of those who were stoning Stephen. Now, I want you to think about that. Saul was keeping the garments of those who were doing what? Who were stoning Stephen. That means that Saul participated in the killing of Stephen. Somebody said, well, he didn't throw the stone, but this is in law, they call contributory negligence. He was there. He did nothing, but he kept the clothes. So he participated in the act by, by even though he wasn't throwing any stone. It says here in verse 59, and while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. Verse 60. I mean, if you start at 59, it would have still been good. But look at verse 60. And following on his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, fix not this sin upon them. Lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. Here is a deacon full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom because then the choice, uh, the Bible based for choosing deacons as Peter enunciated was people filled with wisdom and filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. He said filled with the Holy Spirit who are wise. Now, he is about to die. And all he does is to preach Jesus' sermon on the cross. Father, forgive them for what they know not what they do. Now, this is instructive. You've got to take this verse 60, you know, together with verse, verse, verse 50, 58. And they dragged him out of the city 
and began to stone him. And the witnesses placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. What if Stephen did not say, Father, forgive them? He did not, he, what if he did not say, do not fix, fix not this sin upon them? Lay it not to their charge. What if he did not forgive Saul and all of them? Well, we have had the New Testament. God had a purpose for Saul, but Saul was blinded by what? Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, ignorance, zeal, born out of ignorance, thinking he was doing the right thing. And yet, here is Stephen. They were stoned to death. And Stephen is the one standing between what? Between Saul and Saul becoming who he was destined to become. What if Saul, uh, Stephen did not forgive Saul and everybody else? Because Saul is the one we know. I'm sure others in this crowd must have later on given their life to Christ. Somebody decided, Lord, forgive them at the point of his death. And you know, God in his infinite mercy opened the portals of heaven for him to see Jesus standing to receive him. He said, look, your job is done. He would have said, oh, I see Jesus. Okay, good night. But he chose to forgive. What destinies are we tied up because we choose not to forgive. Or put it, you know, the thing, what is not, whose destinies, whose destiny are we tied up because we choose not to forgive? And what about our own destiny that we don't allow ourselves to move forward because, you know, we thought we had a point to make. I'm just going to make my point for all these years. Now I think I can speak up. My beloved brethren, no hurt is greater than the love of Christ. When I when I saw that, this is Stephen standing between him and Saul, later became Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. Think about that. He wrote most of the New Testament because somebody a child of God decided, I am going to show mercy. I'm going to show love, even at my point of death. That is a true disciple of Jesus. Because they preached the same sermon Jesus preached at, at the cross. Do I have a right to entertain offense? What am I doing if I do that? Number one, of course, you know it's going to affect you. Number two, it's also affecting destiny of another person. Release, forgive, let go. Let God be God. Let go and let destinies 
of people be released, for them to run that, that, that race, for God to reach out his hand and touch them and bring them home. You see, that what Stephen was doing there is just, just like what Jesus said to, to, to in laying heaps of coal on the person's head. Because now, from there, we get Saul became Paul, and we have most of the epistles, the epistles written. Most of the epistles written in the New Testament. Jesus, the one who's loved us and paid the price. He says, see what I did. See what Stephen did. did. Go and do likewise. Father, I thank you. Thank you for opening our eyes this night to know that our unforgiveness can tie others down, can hold back the destinies of others, not just our own. Lord, this night we come to you. Open your mouth and talk to him. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you those that you haven't forgiven. Let go. Forgive them. Pray for them. When you can pray for a person that hurt you, it means you've truly forgiven. If you find that you can't, that means you haven't. You forgive, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. And I just pray in the Spirit over them. For them, rather. And God will enable you. Father, I thank you. Lord, this day we see ourselves in the mirror of your word. We declare we have not been there. We acknowledge your truth. Lord, we come as we are, humbly and reverently. We repent for holding others in bondage. We repent of judging others instead of leaving that to you. For justice is truly yours. Lord, this day, we let go, we release, we forgive those who have hurt us. We let go of offenses that have years gone by. Realizing that whatever anybody did to us, we are still here because of your love and grace. Lord, we forgive those who have wronged us. And Father, we ask that you forgive us because we, we sin against you by having unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Have mercy on us, O God. Ah, we praise you, Father. We worship you, Lord God. We give you thanks. Merebo korobo se karabakina makanda. Mama sakanda rama korobo se karabakina makanda rama korobo soto. Ye mama sakanda rama korobo se karabakina makanda. Maraba korobo se karabakina makanda rama korobo seke. Mama sakaraba sekena masoto. Rebaba sikina maha. Ye mama soto. Morobo kena maha. Makasaka. Rebobo sikina maha. Merebo korobo se karabakina makanda. Ye brene mokondo rebo seke. Maraba korobo se karabakina makanda. Mama Sakanda Rama Korobo Seke. 
How we praise you, Father, we worship you.